The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I'd like to start this afternoon by exploring a little bit about how to work with difficulty in this style of practice. Some, some kinds of difficulty are you know, simply, simply arise around our relationship to certain kinds of experience, challenging experience, certain kinds of sounds that we don't like or body sensations we don't like, pain, for example. And the, the basic exploration that we start with, um, when we feel like there's something going on where there's a difficulty, check your relationship to the experience. Um, pain often results in a pushing away, an aversion, a not liking, a wanting to get rid of, a wanting to fix or change. And so the, if we are um, looking at the unpleasant we're looking at the pain through that lens of aversion. We are, it's kind of like we're multiplying the pain. The Buddha actually talked about this. He said that when somebody experiences something unpleasant, if they uh, then, that's an unpleasant physical experience. And if they add an unpleasant mental experience to that, such as, woe is me, why me? You know, this is, this is the most horrible thing that's ever happened. And well, how can I get rid of this? And it's, it's adding an unpleasant mental experience to the unpleasant physical experience. And that really has a, it's not really an adding, it's a multiplying. It, it really makes the physical experience much worse when the mind is contracted and resistant to the experience. And we can actually see this for ourselves, that when we um, can be with an unpleasant experience without an unpleasant mental reaction, there's a lot more ease in the system. The unpleasant physical experience is still there, but um, the mind isn't all caught up and confused about it and tight and contracted around it. So the first thing to explore if there's something challenging happening is what's your relationship to it? And to allow that relationship to become part of what is known. It essentially pulling that reactivity out of the subconscious, out of the, out of the uh, unaware part of the mind and into the aware part of the mind. And even that shift can have a a very powerful effect. Earlier this morning, I don't know if any of you heard the the saw. I guess it was a saw of some kind going. And I I could feel a contraction around the the sound when I heard the sound. And so I recognized, okay, there's hearing. And there's the not liking. Not liking is happening. And when I, I noticed that not liking, so there was the sound and there was this tightening around it and I recognized it as not liking, I could see there was the sound and the not liking, and yet that tightening fell away. Because something about that um, seeing through the not liking had me believing that I needed to do something somehow. You know, that this needed to stop in order for me to be happy, that something needed to be changed or fixed. And when, when the mind could just recognize, oh, there's a sound and not liking is happening, there was a huge shift of mind 
And it was just simply sound and not liking. And then the not liking went away, and it was just sound. So the, when, the, when our reactions are buried in our subconscious, we are buying into our reactions. And we are uh, assuming, it's kind of like we're caught in assuming that, that the reactions need to be acted on. And so simply even bringing our reactivity into our conscious awareness can have a huge impact on our experience. So that's the first area of exploration. If there's something challenging happening, you know, pain in the body or unpleasant experience, notice your relationship to it. Um, you don't have to try to force yourself to be with the unpleasant experience. Like if there's a pain in your knee or something, you know, it's like if you, if you are reactive to the pain in your knee and you're trying to pay attention to the pain in your knee, probably what's going to happen is the reaction will get stronger. And yet, paradoxically perhaps, it doesn't seem obvious or seems kind of counterintuitive, we can know that there's the pain in the knee and then notice, oh, not liking of the pain. And that kind of bringing into awareness of the not liking or the resistance, uh, resistance is happening, can create some space around the whole experience. And then you're not forcing yourself to stay with the pain. The, re- the resistance isn't growing. In fact, the resistance is held in a kind of a container of, oh, it's just resistance. Now, working with difficult experience like pain, you know, sometimes pain can be fairly strong. And one way to explore it, I mean, there's a lot, actually, a lot to learn by looking at something like pain. A lot to learn about how our minds react to unpleasant experience, how our minds want to control what's going on, how our minds feel it's not acceptable to feel certain things. So there's a lot that we can learn about pain. And also a, good, a big thing that we learn about pain is just how much our reaction to it makes it way worse, makes the whole experience way worse. So the... Um, a good, a good way to explore pain would be, you know, first of all, we're not trying to put ourselves in a straight jacket here. We are interested in exploring what's happening moment to moment. And so the first thing, a first good thing to do is just to remind yourself, okay, what the practice is here is to explore the mind's response to this difficult experience. If it gets too hard, it's okay to move. I give you full permission. If it's too challenging for you if you find that there's a kind of a a cycle of reactivity that's building and building and building it's fine to move so I'd like to suggest how this could unfold so the very beginning remind yourself that you only have to work with this exploration around the pain and the reaction to the pain for as long as it feels um, doable for you and then begin noticing the pain, noticing the reaction, seeing what happens as, as the reaction becomes conscious. What happens? Is it, it, does it shift the whole relationship to pain? When you become, or perhaps, I mean, you might become conscious of a reaction to pain, and then you realize, well, there's a reaction to that reaction. You know, there's, there's a kind of a, a frustration around the pain, and then there's a fear that's behind that. So if there's yet another 
uh, attitude in the mind that's kind of behind, seeing if you can also recognize that. And as you work with this, at any point, if it feels too, like you're getting overwhelmed, it's too much, again, remind yourself it's okay to move and then move mindfully. Just be very conscious. We're practicing being aware of what's ever going on. Notice that actual decision. Yes, it's time to move. Notice that you you made that decision and then move consciously, move mindfully. So this, sometimes just giving yourself this permission, like this isn't about just forcing myself to be still and look like a good yogi. You know, this is about exploring how our minds react to experience, learning about our minds. And so uh, sometimes that giving yourself permission to move actually gives the mind a little bit of space to be willing to explore something that's a little more challenging. And then work with it, explore it, and move if you need to. Other kinds of difficulties, um, emotional pain can come up. Um, you know, the, the habits and patterns of our mind often uh, lead us in the direction of reactive emotions. Um, that can happen when we remember something that happened a few days ago and that memory then kind of builds, triggers the emotions to arise again. Sometimes the emotions can arise around the practice itself. We get frustrated or feel like we're, you know, we can't do it. Or um, So emotions are a huge part of our life and they are a completely um, legitimate object, experience to be mindful of. If emotions are arising, can you be aware of them? There's some um, supports for being aware of emotions. Um, The first one is, what's obvious about this emotion? What's the most obvious thing that you notice when an emotion arises? That's probably the most uh, general purpose useful tool in general, for this practice. Just what's obvious? What's obvious? If the mind is a little more reactive, you could explore with some other questions. For instance, how does this emotion make the body feel? This is a a form of investigation. Um, You may be familiar with, uh, from the practices we teach here, um, actually consciously directing the attention to the body and looking, you know, seeing how does this emotion land in the body. Emotions and body are very tightly coupled. So there's almost always some kind of an emotional response. I mean, bodily response when there's an emotion happening. And so the question, how does this emotion make the body feel, is almost a more, it's, it's a stepped back exploration of investigation rather than saying oh let me look in the body and see how this feels we ask the question and then don't necessarily try to do it so again this is more this receptive kind of of practice but we can use thought to kind of guide the direction we'd like to explore so how does this emotion make the body feel and then just kind of be curious What happens as you ask that question? Um, 
What purpose is this emotion serving? That's another question that can be interesting because often that, that kind of gets at what's underlying this emotion. What, uh, where is it springing from? What, what is it, where is it, what is it rooted in? What kind of purpose is this emotion? What purpose is this emotion serving? It's another good question to check into around emotions. What's the attitude about the emotion? We often have relationships to our emotions. Some we feel are appropriate or inappropriate. Sometimes we might have a sense of anger as being, I'm not supposed to be feeling this. I'm meditating right now. A good Buddhist doesn't feel anger. You know, it's like, that's a relationship. Can we become aware of our relationship to the emotions? Another interesting question to explore, what are the beliefs around this emotion? What, what do I believe around this emotion? These are just a few thoughts in terms of a few suggestions for, for uh, investigating the emotion, the context of the emotion, the relationship to the emotion, how the, bo- how the, how the body feels. So there's just those questions about the actual, the investigation of the emotion itself. Sometimes those, the questions can help the mind be put into a more curious stance. And as I said this morning, we're kind of cultivating a curious mindfulness. And so uh, the questions can sometimes help the mind be in a more curious stance about the experience, the difficult experience, rather than in a conflicted, combative relationship with the, uh, the, the difficult experience, the reactive emotion. And then I have some tools that for myself have been really helpful Aside from these um, kind of exploration of investigation, sometimes an emotion or a difficulty can be, um, I don't know, very kind of sticky. And I've seen, a, I've seen sometimes what happens when a difficulty arises. It's like the awareness gets glued to that experience. It's like the awareness just kind of gravitates. It's like it becomes the entire world when that challenging experience is happening. And sometimes if you notice that, if you feel like the whole world has narrowed down to this one experience, sometimes it can be helpful to consciously remind yourself there's a lot more going on in the present moment than this one thing. There is, so- there is sound happening. There are other body sensations happening. You could even open your eyes. Seeing is also happening. Just put a bigger container around the emotion. Reminding yourself it's not the only thing happening. You're not, it's not necessarily that you have to say, don't pay attention to the emotion, but, but allow that emotion to be in a bigger container. It's like, yeah, there's this emotion and there's seeing. And there's that pressure and then, oh, there's that emotion, and then there's sight, and then there's a sound, and oh, there's the other emotion again. So it's just put into a larger container. It kind of normalizes the experience. Our attention and focus has a tendency to make something really big. It, it like, um, puts more importance to it than it really deserves in a way. 
So that's a tool that I found really helpful, consciously reminding myself, yes, there is this depression, and there's seeing, and there's hearing, and there's these other, my feet are touching the ground, and, and there's that depression again. So just really uh, opening up the container, uh, consciously becoming aware of a broader field of what's happening. If a particular state of mind is a really persistent one, one that revisits you regularly, and this is a a good tool for daily life as well, um, because we do find there are particular patterns, habits of... We all have our own favorite uh, emotional responses. Um, And those ones that are practiced regularly, visit us the most frequently, tend to be the ones that we mm, identify with. And if, yep, that's me. I'm the miserable person. Or that's me. I'm always depressed. Or that's me. I'm angry about everything. So the, uh, the times where we have these very persistent emotions, those are ones we tend to identify with. And uh, I found it helpful with those persistent kind of emotions to recognize kind of three things around it. One, notice when it's there, first of all. I mean, this is just really straightforward, really simple. Notice when it's there. And notice when it's not there. That one uh, tool of noticing when our habitual patterns are not operating in the moment Really, really powerful because it helps to undermine that sense of this is always happening. There are times when it's not happening. And yet, like my own, my own mind around the pattern of miserable, you know, I was miserable. I was always miserable. And, you know, it's like, well, yeah, sometimes I was happy. But what my mind did with that was said something like, well, yeah, I'm happy now. But what I know is that really I'm always miserable. And so, you know, really reifying that state of miserable with an act of active construction in the moment. So consciously recognizing that that state is not present right now. Very, very powerful tool. So noticing when it's not there, noticing when it is there, and when it is there, you might also recognize... um, If you are caught by it, believing it, thinking it's a problem, or whether it is just anger, just miserable, just depression, kind of that place where the mind can know that as a a present moment phenomenon and not be hooked into believing something has to happen about it, something needs to be fixed or changed. So when it's present, are you caught by it? Is there a sense of of, um, buying into it? Or is there a sense of not being caught by it? Sometimes the simple acknowledgement, oh, there's anger and I'm caught, can allow us to have yet a step back. It's like, oh, that's what's going on. There's anger and I'm caught by it. The mind relaxes. So, and, and to recognize the difference, the big difference between being caught and being not caught. Huge difference between those two. So those are a few, a few tools for working with difficulty. Um, 
I'll just recap just to help you, you know, remember. I think the very first piece, I didn't say this, but um, I said, the first thing I said was noticing your relationship to a difficulty. But if you can be curious about your difficulties rather than paying attention to them in order that they'll go away. (laughs) If you can really have a sense of curiosity around, oh, here's something happening. What can I learn? What can I understand? Everything that happens in our experience is something that can be our teacher, something that we can learn from. So an explorative quality, a curious quality. And then checking the relationship, checking the attitude to a difficulty. Uh, investigation, curiosity about what is this difficult state? How does it impact the body? What purpose is it serving? What's my relationship to it? What beliefs are happening? And then uh, the broadening the container. If your mind has kind of zeroed in and that's the only thing that feels like it's happening, notice that there's more things happening in the present moment. And then the last one, for persistent ones, ones that come back a lot. Is it present? Absent? Notice when it's absent. And when it is present, notice, are you caught by it or not caught by it? So let's do a, another sitting.